おはようございます。Welcome to the High Potion Podcast. I'm your host, Kratos. Boy. Boy. Not really Kratos, I'm Steve. This week, we're gonna exercise some daddy issues. Let's reuse that joke. <laughs> we're gonna be talking about God of War Ragnarok. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. So... I finished God of War Ragnarok less than 24 hours ago, cutting it down to the wire. Really had to strap in and finish that bad boy off. Mm -hmm. I am very excited to talk about those games. Me too, man. Got a lot to say. So you finished it basically a month after it released, just about? I'm not, I can't remember what the exact release date was. Yeah, I think it was right at a month. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. Um, Yeah, this game has some, some heft to it. There's a lot to it. It sure does. It was a little over a month. I just looked. It came out November 9th. Okay. Um, right. So, uh, we've got a lot to say. Steve and I have obviously been talking about the game as we've been playing it. Steve beat it a, maybe a week or two before me. Um, and, uh, yeah. I got a whole lot. I got a whole lot I want to say about this game. Um not all of it positive, but not like super negative either. I, I definitely have some critiques of it. Yeah, me too. I'm sure our critiques probably land in the same areas, mm-hmm. in fact. So, listen, we are going to talk gameplay elements, shit like that. First, we'll let you know when we dive into the story. Honestly, I feel like the story part might take take up most of the episode. I was going to say, we definitely need to... <laughs> divert a big section for the story yeah so we'll give you guys a warning if you're trying to avoid spoilers we'll let you know when the story you know when we'll start getting into spoilers um first off though steve and i have a shout out to give to one Mm -hmm. of our good buddies why don't you take it away steve all right so friend of the podcast sean hoffman uh has recently sent out some care packages christmas care packages and i received mine this week and man i think i've gained a pound or two bruh (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, look at all this stuff. And in, in the note he sent mine, he said, hey, one of the items in this care package might be a little especial, right? <laughs> so we'll let you figure out what which one it was. And I was like, uh-uh, man, because I'll be sitting <laughs> at my desk at work being like, ooh, I'm going to have a snack doing the, the typical fat guy wiggle fingers at a box of donuts. Ooh, right? <laughs> Trying to, to figure out what snack I want to have. I can't be getting a surprise stony baloney you know right so i think we call that move the xander by the, the way yeah Ooh. <laughs> so we got to, so i was like I, I messaged him right and i said hey man thank you so much for the package it's amazing would you mind letting me know which ones to be careful of because you know i'd be having these snacks at work well in the meantime i was like well i'm i'm gonna have a couple of these snacks <laughs> right and so I go in, I'm like, oh, my God, toffee? I love toffee. That shit is bomb, by the way. I love it, yeah. Um, so I had some of that. And then I was like, ooh, what are these? Mm. They smell like cinnamon, like snickerdoodles. I'm going to have one of these. Pop it in my mouth. And I'm like, all right. All right, I'm back on the phones. Can't be eaten on the phone. And I get a message from Sean that was like, hey, the special items are little cookie snickerdoodle bar uh, balls. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> you may have fucked up. Uh, it was at this moment he realized he may have fucked up. It turned out fine. They didn't really kick in until like later when I sat down to stream the end of God of War. 
mm-hmm. then when I sat down to stream, it took me an hour to figure out how to get my stream going. And I do it all the time. Nothing changed. I was like, what am I, what, what am I trying to do here? <laughs> are you are you sure I don't want to just listen to Pink Floyd's Echoes album first before I do this? What do you want from me? <laughs> um, so yeah, thanks, Sean. Everything is delicious. Um, he also put some cat toys, buddy. He put some cat toys that have been marinating in catnip on the, the trip. So when I came out on my break, I brought that out of my office with me and I passed them out to the cats and it was panda panda ass monium in this house <laughs> bro walter was doing shit i've never seen him do and he's standing like halloween cat with his back arch and had his little mohawk going talking to a little catnip mouse <laughs> he was high as hell hell yeah man i was like so uh, they got you as well walter <laughs> we could have been hanging out months ago yeah we could i have i known you were into this we've been hanging out months ago <laughs> so yeah buddy um God of War Ragnarok, a very anticipated game for both of us. Mm-hmm. You know, we did an episode previously on the 2018 God of War, a game we both really like. And in a fairly slow year, this was kind of the beacon at the end of the year of like, well, at least God of War is coming. So very right. anticipated. Yeah, we had Elden Ring early, and then it was kind of a bleak wasteland for a while. And then, you know, but we always knew, well, we were hoping to get God of War this year. I honestly didn't think it was going to come out this year. I would not have been surprised. Yeah, because um, they, they had announced a delay. Um, but, you know, they, they hit it on time. And the game really doesn't look like it's suffered at all. No, I for uh, having played most of it, I'll have to say, like, it does not seem rushed, right? Mm-mm. There's um, a couple of small things that mm-hmm. I think maybe they had to to just say whatever about, but nothing that really takes away from the experience, I would say. Yeah. Um, the first thing, like, uh, and I think this is both of our, we, we both have sort of the same complaint about this, and you see it a lot, right? Mm-hmm. The, the example we always use is Batman Arkham Asylum to Arkham City to Arkham Knight. They just, it gets real bloated. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, you know, the the first game was one of those games where it felt like it had a lot of extra shit to it, but it was never unmanageable. Right. Mm-hmm. Certain games and, and a lot of it comes down to how fun they are to play. If they're open world games with lots of side shit, um, you know, it feels we, another example we use all the time is getting into a new Assassin's Creed game. And there's a hundred fucking waypoints on your map the minute you start. Right. And this oh, is, yeah. I wouldn't say this is as bad as any of those, but Mm-mm. it's definitely, I think, could have used some strategic trimming along the way. I do, too. They introduced um, a puzzle mechanic with the bow mm-hmm. that I really didn't enjoy. You know, it was not even close to as fun as solving puzzles with the axe. Mm-mm. So, you know, that was that was kind of a mess for me. Um, and that takes there's a lot of a lot of that, you know, in that game. Yeah, and, and it's it's a shame because that mechanic, so the mechanic Steve's talking about is you get a special type of arrow that Atreus can shoot that's called a sigil arrow. It's purple. And you can link, use those sigil arrows to link things. So, like, you'll, you'll create a link chain of, like, four or five arrows. Then you set one on the end on fire, and it causes each successive one to blow up. And eventually, the goal is to blow up or set whatever the puzzle piece is on the end. 
Mm -hmm. A concept which, by the way, like, I get, right? Like, I get the, the idea behind it. Mechanically, not the best executed. No, um... Yeah, and when you shoot the arrow, there's like a little globe that mm -hmm. comes out, you know, mm -hmm. and you have to overlap the globes. And one thing that helps is if you shoot the same globe multiple times, the globe gets bigger. Right. Which, to be honest, I didn't even know about until much later. I might have just stony baloney missed like the tutorial where they told me that little helpful piece of information. That does help, but at the end of the day, I felt like it was just way more of like, a time waste than anything because you see immediately where you want them to go it's yeah, just about uh, trial and error to get the stupid sigils to line up that's the problem i had with it it's down to mechanics not concept in mm -hmm. my mind like most of the times when one of those puzzles was involved i would i was getting frustrated and it wasn't because oh man i can't figure out what i have to do i'm a dummy I knew mm -hmm. exactly what I had to do. It was exactly. being fucking pixel perfect with the placement of my sigil arrows and all that to get it to go. Um, exactly. Not a fan. And and like on the other side of the coin though, you had they introduced a mechanic where you could bank your axe off of like a reflective surface. I loved that. That right? shit like, was, that cool. was so cool. Yeah. I want to make sure I point out the the many good things they did in this game too, which is yeah. that was I loved that little aspect of it. It was really cool. Any any way they could involve the axe for me, um, mm -hmm. oh man, I love that weapon. Yeah, the 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 sort of iteration on puzzle elements they did with the axe, extremely successful. That idea of reflecting it, and then you get into certain combats where those reflective shields or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, the pieces where you can bounce them off are in the room so you can bounce them off and hit multiple enemies and shit. It's so cool. It's so well done. It is. Um, I mean, it, it's just so solid. And like you, the way you can just call the ax back to yourself mm -hmm. anytime. And they, there's a couple of like super moves you can do where like, if you don't have the ax, mm -hmm. you can like do a leaping attack where the ax comes back to your hand and mid attack yep. and you smash it down. Oh my God. Buddy, one of looking. my, um, <laughs> heavy runic attacks with the axe paired perfectly with that to where like I would get three leaping strikes with the axe and the frost all lined up together and it looked all cinematic and fucking cool like hell yeah I like I I have some complaints and I feel like legitimate complaints about this game but I don't want it to take away from the fact that I think this game is very very good I might yeah, same I, here I might be a little higher on it than you but it's mainly from story reasons that right. more so than gameplay. The gameplay, yeah. the combat, all of that still rock solid, right? Oh yeah, it's great, man. <laughs> um, there's there's um, slight spoiler. They add a new weapon. I won't mm -hmm. say anything about what the weapon is until we get into the spoilers. But I felt like that slotted right in mm -hmm. as like something really cool. The puzzles with that, great, fine, yep. great, no problems with those at mm -hmm. all. Thought they were cool. Um, the the most of the iterations they did I thought were pretty successful. I, I think the problems were more like you said the bloat. Mm -hmm. Whereas like in the first game, we had the Lake of Nine, right, which right. was your base kind of hub area, and it was kind of an open worldy kind of deal. You could go where you wanted to, um, and then you would unlock like levels to it as yep. the surface moved and drained. So you always kind of felt like you were in kind of control of the environment and stuff like that, but. In this one, there's multiple areas like that, and it can it can be tough, especially towards the end of the game when they're throwing things that are just stomping your ass in these open-world sec sections. So, <laughs> you know? 
listen, I'm a I'm a side quest guy. We're side quest boys. Yeah, Me and Steve side are side quest boys. boys. Mm-hmm. We love a side quest. We do side quests. When I'm 40 hours into a God of War game, we're not talking a JRPG. We're not talking a, a, a fucking Souls-like. We're not talking anything like that. When I'm 40-plus hours in and Steve tells me, oh, you've only got like three more story quests and seven new side quests open up at once with a brand new area with dinosaurs and dragons and shit, it's too much. <laughs> yeah. It's too much because like I, I've got limited time. I have a mm-hmm. brand new ass, quote-unquote brand new, ass final fantasy game that i've only put four hours into man i have to move on from yeah. kratos and atreus at some point um, yep and 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 that's that's a shame just more to me i guess but i feel like if you really like the game and love god of war mm-hmm. you're gonna be fucking stoked you know yeah, what i mean man. yeah like i feel like you're gonna love all this extra it, it, stuff. see that you took it right out of my mouth like the thing i would say is if this was mass effect mm-hmm. when those seven side quests opened here we go here we go boys you know what i mean like it's all and i love god of war it's just i don't know that this type of game lends itself to that long of a play through to 100 percent for me personally at least i agree completely i feel like the the type of game it is um lends itself to a shorter more focused experience but and look, uh, we'll talk. We'll get into more details when the story stuff comes up. But the idea that they had of okay, this isn't going to be a trilogy. We're going to wrap this story up in two installments. I think is mm-hmm. is interesting. I think it's neat to see them break the mold. But it had consequences. It sure did. It definitely had consequences to the story overall. Where I feel like had they done it as a trilogy. There's characters and situations that could have been fleshed out a little more that would have been in its benefit overall. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, we'll get into all that later. Otherwise, the game is fucking gorgeous, dude. Like, oh my god, it's, it's, it's so good looking. It's hard to believe that it's basically like a PlayStation Four game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we played the the PS Five version, obviously, which runs at sixty frames per second, four K. But I assume that the graphics aren't too different from what they got on the last generation. No, I I don't know. I remember like earlier this year when horizon forbidden West came out, there were some like comparison screenshots of the PS4 versus the PS5 version and the PS5 version, you know, definitely looked a little more spiffy. Mm -hmm. I didn't see that for God of war. I also didn't seek it out. So I don't really know, Same, but man, like it looks good on the PS5, man. Boy. (laughs) So graphically a plus music, a plus there were parts in the last five to six hours of that game that gave me goosebumps based on music alone mm-hmm. right yeah bear mccreary was on fire in the studio or something yeah uh, for that for sure because the, the soundtrack is on point with this game the um, vocal performances are uh really really good um notably kratos he's excellent dude i would I'd say everybody else is is really good, you know, but he's a he's a cut above everybody else. And listen, I am by no means a tough boy. That's been well established. Mm-hmm. The effect this story had on me was pretty profound at multiple points from multiple angles. Like it wasn't like they were just striking the same chord and affecting me emotionally. It's varied. And there's the writing in this game when it is firing, it's fucking firing. So Agreed. I streamed the end of the game last night right and our friend emily um shout out 
isn't necessarily, you know, into these type of games. Like there was a big sort of um, before the final moments speech and, and rally cry moment that happened. And she was like, that was a really good cutscene, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and, you know, for the most part, she hasn't seen most of the rest of the story. I didn't stream the whole game. I, I streamed a large chunk of it, but not everything. Right. Um, that's that's an interesting thing, too, to say. I, I mean, you we we kind of really can't see the forest for the trees when it comes to that stuff. Right. Because we're so involved with video games every day. But to just take, like, the random person who's not into video games off the street and show them something like that, I bet they'd just be shocked, like, at how good it is. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, without having the 45 previous hours of immersion in the world, she was immediately able to get the point what the fuck was going on who the main players are what the stakes were that's effective that's yep. really effective it's good writing too good job yeah. alana alana Pierce. <laughs> um so you know there's there's plenty about this game that i do want to call out as positive and and overall it's a great experience i i have no uh regrets playing it i think it's great you know mm-hmm. i do think it is almost too much of a good thing at certain parts um combat like we mentioned really sick i love the addition of the different shields because that wasn't really a thing in the first one right Mm -hmm. which shield did you end up going with i just used the dauntless shield the whole time which was the pair the the parry shield mm -hmm. so they give you two options at first there's the quick parry shield and then there's like the tanky big boy shield i started with that one and then I moved to something called the Shatterstar Shield that had a, like a health boost built into it. And then I did the um, the Shield Rush Shield. I can't remember what it's called, but it's got a move where you like run, you hold your shield and you run into people. Mm-hmm. You get um, that towards the end of mm-hmm. the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the armors, all the upgraded armors and different shit, all look really fucking cool. I got a set of dwarven armor really early in the game and liked how it looked so much. That's all. I know. I used um, the Lady Dwarf set, I think, for a lot of the game, and then switched over to the Dragon set for the end game. Nice. Uh, nice. I, I really like I, their their upgrade system is is fine. Like it's not like it's certainly not like A plus or anything like that. But it gets the it, job done really well. Right. 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 Like mm-hmm. it gets the job done. It's not the best, but. I love an upgrade system. I love a shop. They've got sure. both of those. So, I mean, and uh, okay, so another thing that uh, gameplay-wise I think I would hold against this game too much. Meaning, like, so as Kratos, I have my three weapons. Each of those three weapons has two slots for runes, mm-hmm. light rune and heavy rune. Then you have an amulet that's got like 12 fucking slots in it. Then you got a shield. That shield has a slot in it. Then your homies have weapons and relics and sh- it's too much. Like and the end, you've got all your combat upgrades, which mm-hmm. is a completely separate thing. Yeah. Then you're leveling up and, and mm-hmm. um, no, I don't, I, I don't, I, I think that's, that's fine. I, I know what you mean though. There it's a lot like, and there are so many different suits of armor mm-hmm. to pick from too. Like, that you can have by the end of the game to choose from. So there's really so much there for like a new game plus playthrough or something well, like and that. Game is your jam, you know, the other thing. So I'm, 
I'm not deleting the game from my hard drive yet because there are some side quests, we'll talk about them in the story, that I am going to do. I have to know mm -hmm. how they turn out, like, mm -hmm. storyline-wise. Um, and the idea of, like, really getting in there and tweaking your build, that's way more of a thing in this one than it was in the previous one. You can really mm -hmm. dial in specific builds based around different weapons and um, debuffs and elemental effects and stuff. So that is cool. I think that's neat. Yeah, I um, dig that too. I think it's it is a lot deeper than it was, and that's a good thing, um, in terms of just like keeping you involved with that stuff throughout the game. Um, you know, you're you're always finding upgrade materials. Mm -hmm. It always seems like you don't have enough of the stuff you need. Mm -hmm. You know, which which is good. You want to keep searching for stuff throughout. And... There was this one uh, upgrade material, an Asgardian ingot that mm -hmm. like the my my chest piece, my wrist piece, and my waist piece got to where that's what they required. And like, buddy, I was scraping nickels off the ground to find these things, right? <laughs> I'd be like, oh shit, I have four. I can upgrade one piece of armor. A few hours later, I have tons of them, right? And I'm like, oh shit. And then it's like, ha ha, now you need something else. And you can't <laughs> find that now, can you? Right, no, um, it's, it's hard to come by now. The other puzzle mechanic, there's a puzzle mechanic that they introduce later in the game um, where you can change the time of day. I don't think that's really much of a spoiler to say, right? I didn't get to explore that much because of how late it was um, introduced. Like, I, I got to mess with it in the context of the story when you have to use it. But for some of those open world areas, I didn't really fuck with it to see what it opened up in those other areas. Um, because it's a fucking lot of stuff, dude. <laughs> that mechanic is cool, though. It is. Um I mean, it is it is true. They are literally introducing new shit mechanically for you to do, like, in the end game. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's funny. Buddy, I, the credits rolled, and afterwards they were like, you know you got some shit to do, right? We yeah, left yeah. some story. You, you didn't think we was going to leave them story beats <laughs> open. Right. Get out there. You got some people to find, some people to fuck up. <laughs> I said, "Is this fucking Red Dead Redemption with a thirty-hour fucking pro? Uh, but what? Well, not a prologue. What's the afterwards? Uh, oh, the, the epilogue. Epilogue. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm fucking John Marston building a cabin and shit. Get the fuck out of here, Eric Struthers. I'm tired of it. Play something <laughs> else. I, we know you love it, but uh, I don't know, man." <laughs> Take up Minecraft. I'm just fucking with you, Eric. Don't get the T-Swifties after me, man. <laughs> I watched him stream Red Dead the other day, and he's actually a really good uh, streamer. He's good at like explaining what he's doing while he's mm. playing, which is nice because he's way more he's got way more knowledge of how that game works than me. Yeah, because he spent like I don't know three years worth of game time playing that, like an actual game time. <laughs> so, um. Another mechanic thing. So, you know, what was, it was the Valkyries in the first one were the sort of mm -hmm. optional bosses, right? In this, they're berserker spirits. Fuck you, Car Corey Balrog, man. Oof, man. Yeah, these guys are a pain oh. in the ass. Tell, them the, tell, tell the streaming story about the, the one so, guy. <clears throat> so, one Saturday night, instead of playing fighting games or Fortnite or Gloomhaven or whatever I'm going to be doing with the boys, I'm like, hey, man, guys, let's just hang out. I'm going to stream God of War. We'll hang out in Discord. I got to get some shit done on God of War. And so I get to it. 
And boy, howdy, am I making some story progress, making Steve proud. He said, this motherfucker's actually going to beat this game. <laughs> and I come to one of those berserker gravestones, and I'm like, okay, so I've taken two of these guys out. They were tough, but there's no reason to think I can't take out this third guy. Buddy, I fought that guy more than I fought Melania Blademikola's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I would have to go back and look on stream, but maybe 30 times I tried to beat this dude. And it's not a matter of I need to get good, right? Mm -hmm. It's a matter of they make it very cheap. It you get sucks. him down Oof. to his last little health bar, and they start applying halls and Street Fighter four levels of pressure on your ass, right? That yeah, cami pressure. And here's the thing, you can't hit them. Mm -mm. Like, they auto-dodge everything you try to do at that point, which to me is the cheap shit. Like, you can say what you want about From Games being difficult, their bosses being tough, but the rules are the rules. And yeah. when, you know, if you, you can move around and hit the boss, he's dead. You know, he and, doesn't auto-dodge. And so, like, I... Listen, I kept trying, I kept trying, I kept trying. I finally went to bed without beating this boss. The amount of times I got him down to like this tiny mm -hmm. little bit of health. When and, he busted the cheese out. Yeah. And he'll kill me. And buddy, so I would get to the point because there's that resurrection stone mechanic where you die and your, your homie can bring you back to life, right? Put a pin in that for me because I want to come back to that. I do too. The I would get him down to one health bar and have not used my resurrection stone. He would kill me. I would use my resurrection stone and I go clearly... I'm going to be able to get this last health bar down. I'm, I, you know, I'm fucking good to go. I start unleashing every heavy runic attack, light runic attack, relic attack. I'm having my homie shoot arrows and fucking summon spectral wolves and shit. Zero damage done to this dude. And then he doo-doo stomps me. <laughs> Ridiculous. Ugh, the worst, man. It's the absolute worst. And I beat that guy and it took me a few tries to beat him too. It didn't take me millennia blade of Mikola times like she she stomped my ass for a while but um it was this the same shit and i knew i just had to survive at the end you know i it was to the point where i was getting him to that that phase mm -hmm. pretty easily mm -hmm. like and then he would just erupt with the cheap auto dodges and and throwing out all the super moves at once pretty much use my res stone and hope to manage to get a hit in there somewhere and finally i did it but I didn't, after that, the next one I tried to do had purple health bars. So I was like, nope, not doing him now. Nope. Then I tried one more, and it was, I had to fight three of them at once. Fuck me, like, no way. Nope. Out. And so I was like, I'm not doing any of these. <laughs> All right, bring up your, your resurrection okay, stone. Okay, so the, res the way this works is you buy the resurrection stone from the vendor. Mm -hmm. They have several different kinds, whatever. One of them brings you back with little health. One brings you back with a bunch of health. One of them brings you back with very little health, but full rage meter, which you can then use to fill your health bar. They'll have varying prices or whatever. You can use them once, and then you have to go back to the vendor. And buy another. And buy another. Okay, now, this mechanic really bothers me. It seems like a complete waste of time to do this. Like... I don't know. There's got to be a better way. I know they want to have like a monetary penalty, I guess, for dying, mm -hmm. which is fine. But I feel like maybe they could have done this without 
making you have to go back to the vendor. Maybe you can craft it in your inventory for that same amount of money. Or yeah, you buy the right? recipe. Yeah, or like do that. Know? I agree with you, buddy, because in some of those worlds, getting back to one of the, the vendors, super easy. In mm. other ones, it's like a 20-minute trek. You're yep. on your dog sled or in a canoe. Yep. There's probably yeah. some weird traversal puzzle to get back to them, and it becomes a pain. And and right. honestly, some of that stuff um, 100% um, played a part in how long it took me to play this game because mm -hmm. I'd be sitting there going, okay, I have an hour and a half to play something. That's not enough time to do something in God of War. It's not time to do a whole lot. You uh -huh. can maybe knock out a couple of a little bit of the open world segments or yeah. whatever. But so, um, and that's more than anything. I mean, I do think it's a it's a slight against the game. I think maybe that could have been retooled a little bit, but that also is my own fucking personal shit and not being you know having the time. But right. Well, I I agree with you, and it's especially because the game grew in scope. I think mm -hmm. that's the main issue, right? Because you could probably get back to the vendors a little easier in the first God of War, mm -hmm. whereas in this one the levels are just bigger and it just takes longer sometimes. And mm -hmm. that's just, that feels bad. There should have been a better way to handle that stuff. Um, now if you die, um, after you've used it, like in the same fight, when you respawn, you'll have it, you know, which is nice, which is, which is nice. Mm -hmm. The, the only other thing about this that sucks is like, say you survive a big fight and you don't have a lot of health left. Um, you don't get any of that health back. You have to go find like the health pickups to get that stuff back, right? But if you die, it's you come back baby. like pretty much where you where you died with full health. Mm -hmm. Like why don't just why don't you just let the health <laughs> come back after um, fights? I don't get it. Well, and the other thing is, is if you go touch one of those mystic gateways, it fills your rage fills meter, you. right? Fills all your fucking uh, uh, runes. It gives you all your health back, but there's this whole cutscene of the mystic gateway forming, and then you got to step <laughs> away. If you want, I, that's fine. If you want that to be the mechanic, but like, like I don't know, make it like a spring, a magical spring I can drink out of, or something to refill it, instead of having mm -hmm. to sit through the whole mystic bla uh, gateway cutscene every time. Right, right. And I realize that some of this sounds a little nitpicky, and it is, you know. But oh, the, certainly. Honestly, the res stone mechanic is the worst of the bunch to me. It just it felt like that added a lot of unnecessary back and forth in the I game. Agree. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, buddy. Story time. So get, listen, get guys. Story? Let's do it. If you don't want spoilers, this is where you back out because we're going to talk about everything to do with the story. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Next week, we got a gaming New Year's resolutions episode. So we'll see you then. Yeah. All right. All right, so story spoilers. Give me your overview, uh, high-level thoughts of the story as a whole, and then we'll break down little pieces. As a whole? So, like, 
Um, you know, it takes place, what, a couple of years after the first game? So I looked into this because I was wondering. It's apparently about three years because okay. Fimble Winter lasts for three years. And apparently this is towards the end of Fimble Winter. So two and a half, three years from the okay. last game. So uh, Kratos and his son are still together. He's training him. Um, they're visited by uh, Odin and mm-hmm. Thor. Um, uh, you know, there's a big fight. There's a little bit of intrigue with Atreus. For some reason, I have trouble thinking of his name. Atreus and Odin. Mm-hmm. And then um, I don't want to go beat by beat by the story here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, like in this breakdown. But that's basically where it starts, what kicks off the story, because Atreus is still kind of trying to figure out the mystery of what happened, you know, and what the first game. What Ragnarok is. Now, to mm-hmm. me, Why one of the most heartbreaking elements of this story is the fact that Kratos knows the prophecy is that he's going to die. Right? Atreus finds that prophecy out about maybe halfway through the story and doesn't say anything to Kratos. They both know. They just ain't talking about it, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, if they would just talk about it, fucking a lot of this shit could be avoided. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say this. Motherfucking Sony, stop it. Stop with the openings that make me fucking cry, man. I want to stream these games. I'm trying to oh, look yeah. like a tough Kratos boy, you know? Yeah, look, th- that's another... Thing. This game had some moments with animals that I have some questionable thoughts about, but we'll get to the, that. The scene at the beginning with the wolf with was oh just absolutely heartbreaking and tough to watch for me as and you as as dog owners and you just know animal lovers in general. Yeah, like, animal man, lovers. Yeah, it's 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 hard to watch like an animal die as realistic as it can be, you know, nowadays on in video games. And so that was a really sad moment and kind of the kickoff, you know, you get to see um Atreus turn into a freaking bear. Yep. You know. Yep. Um he loses control of his emotions and uh he wargs out, I guess. So mm. You know, you can see that even though they they are closer than probably they were, there's still like a little bit of a rift there between the two of them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not on they're they still don't have like a super great relationship, you know. But definitely better than in the first one. You're seeing right. in and then obviously by the time it ends, like they're boy and dad one hundred percent, you know, like it's right, great. Sure. Now I'll say this. Not only do they do the sad shit with Fenrir at the beginning, then immediately Kratos is like, fuck me, I gotta take a nap. That was sad. And they do some dead wife shit right after that. It's too much. The Fae shit in this game, extremely well written. Beautiful. The music is great. The performances are great. I don't know who does Fae in this game, but she's incredible. Mm -hmm. I agree completely. Man, is it a killer one-two punch. And then they're like, hey, go kill shit with an axe. Right, yeah, go hack stuff up. Yeah. Um, And this whole time Freya is also trying to kill you Mm -hmm. because she's still mad about you killing Balder. Mm -hmm. Um, She's inciting the raiders that are kind of living around Mm -hmm. where you are into trying to kill you because she tells them you're responsible for Fimble Winter. And if they kill you, that it'll end, (laughs) which I thought it was a nice little touch. And I got to say, having Mimir around for the whole ride this time, very good. Mm-hmm. Very fucking good, dude. Um, yeah, it could have gone badly. Mm-hmm. There, there were there when when we got him early. I was like, 
at first it was like, oh, cool, man. Yeah, I always liked Mimir, but then I was wondering, um, is it going to be too much? But it wasn't. It, it wasn't, wasn't too much. They nailed it. They yeah, nailed the fine. Mimir stuff. Um, you know, the story progresses. Like, Loki is trying to figure out, or Atreus, or tra- is trying to figure out his role in all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically end up leaving the cabin after Odin and Thor show up. There's mm-hmm. a, by the way, a really interesting little subtle piece of storytelling in that first meeting with Thor and Odin at their house. Odin shows up. Why? He's characterized as kind of like, I don't know, an old Jewish gangster or something. So weird, man. It, like, it's a, it was a choice. A it was choice a that, choice for sure. That worked some of the time for me and other times a little heavy handed. But I, I didn't love it. I, I thought Thor was a lot better. Thor was great. I thought the characterization of Thor was great. Like he, he exuded menace. You know, uh, the the hammer he has is done extremely well. There's some scenes with him late later in the game that I just love. Yeah, well, you know? so this it, the the story element I'm talking about has to do with him. So Thor and um, Odin sit up down sit at the table with Loki, Atreus, and uh, and uh, Kratos. Odin starts pouring mead for everybody. And he gives a glass to Thor, and Thor refuses it, and Odin gives him a look like, you bitch. (laughs) But you find out later that, like, Thor is essentially a recovering alcoholic who has decided, like, hey, I'm not going to drink anymore because I want to be there for my wife, Lady Sif, ooh-woo, and my daughter, Thrude, right? Right. Odin knows this and is still trying to get him to drink. That shows you what a piece of shit odin is right 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 and it's just one of those tiny little details that they don't call out they never <laughs> say hey isn't it fucked up that odin tried to get him to drink mead when he knows he's trying to be sober yeah you're right i, di- I didn't even ever think about that honestly because i just assumed he was a drunk you right know, when he showed up that's just the way they presented the character but you're i didn't even think about it um, so yeah the i i enjoy like the um graphics of odin like i like the way he's you know the character looks Mm -hmm. i just i didn't love the the performance and i just thought it was a weird way to go it Um, was it was a weird choice um mm -hmm. there's times like half of the time when they start talking sort of like modern lingo in this game right it works but other times i'm like guys i don't know it's tough sometimes like there's this part in the beginning when odin's like okay so you don't kill any more of us we don't kill you we'll be square right we'll be square (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'm like "Ah, i don't know i kind of think i might have preferred a little bit of flowery language like some vowels and these and shit you know yeah yeah thor calls somebody a dumbass at one point yeah they're dropping f-bombs like there's there's a part towards in the the big final battle which by the way i'm not making fun of this part because it was really well delivered when thor's like get the fuck away from my daughter And I was like, fuck yeah, Thor. <laughs> um, so th- the first real big mission, right, you go off. So essentially, you guys have to leave your house. You go in and you move in with Sindri and Brock at their house, right? Another good, that, This is a good choice. Mm-hmm. Very <laughs> like, good choice. I, I, love, I love those guys. Yeah, it was good to have them back. Um, the first thing you go do is you're going to look for Tyr, who is the Norse god of war. Right, because... Odin was like, 
look, I'll, I'm, I'll just want to have peace. Like, we can have a truce. Mm-hmm. I won't even get back at you for killing ba- Balder, Balder or Thor's boys. Modi and you know? Madi or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, all you have to do is... Stop whatever the fuck you're doing. Stop what Chill. you're doing and don't mess with... Don't look into Tear. Yeah, right. No. Or it, is he does mention Tear in that first meeting, right? Yeah, and he's like, okay. "No more killing Aesir, right?" Mm-hmm. Well, so they're like, "Let's go find Tear." Yeah, um, and you find Tear, and he's fucking huge, and like he's a pacifist now. The performance of Tear, I thought, was pretty good, right? Pretty good, yeah. yeah. Um, the way the character evolves at the end. Oh, whoa! What a surprise! Yeah, so this whole time, I mean, we're we're doing spoilers. We're spoilers Why fuck yeah. around with it? So this whole time, you're hanging out with Tyr. You're telling him all these secrets. Basically, it turns out that the giantess that made the prophecy about Kratos and Atreus and Loki and everything hid part of the prophecy because she didn't want Odin to know about it. And that prophecy basically states like, yo, Odin, you're fucked. Um, so he doesn't know that. Well... So they're talking about this with Tyr and your other homies. You know, eventually Freya joins, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. Um, well, it turns out the whole time Tyr is fucking Odin. It's Odin. Yeah. The whole that was time. A, that was a twist that really honestly surprised me. It got and, me big time. And the, the way he shows up, you know, uh, is wild too. I mean, we can get to that mm. because that that involves another incredible moment, but. Yeah. Um, so so yeah we're going to look for tear at this mm-hmm. point yep they get tear and then this it's after you get tears when it starts doing the swappy swappy where sometimes you play as atreus sometimes you play as kratos mm-hmm. the atreus stuff was stronger than i would have expected it to be you know that's another thing that can be hit or miss making you play somebody besides the character that you're used to playing I agree. I, I think that there was one section of his mm-hmm. that was a big miss for me, and Too the rest of them were okay. Yeah, yeah, the rest of them were fine. Honestly, I felt like most of them could have been trimmed down by a certain percentage, give or take, right? Especially um, the second one, man. The second one was, one was way too long. Too much, yeah. Um, You know, the first one, you're just out. You're going to try and find Freya and, and you know, try to get her onto your side, make amends. That was all great. Mm-hmm. I felt like we didn't talk about his system because uh, it was it is kind of spoiler, you know, territory in the first of the episode. Controlling Atreus was fine. It oh, was yeah. never great, no, it's fine. but it was fine. He's not as cool as Kratos. His weapon's not as good, but mm. he's not supposed to. And you can do some cool stuff with him, too. Well, you when know. you can fucking use his rage meter to turn into a wolf, oh, yeah. that's when it's Pretty cool. sweet. Pretty yeah, sweet. that's pretty sweet. And I love how whenever he does that in front of somebody, they always mention, make a crack about it, uh-huh. which I, I kind of enjoyed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially, like, the first time they saw it, they'd always be kind of surprised. Like, mm-hmm. oh, oh, shit, you can turn into a wolf? Yeah. <laughs> um, And then... <clears throat> um, the next, I guess, next sort of real big story beat is helping Freya free her, herself from Odin's spell. Her curse. Yeah. Right, her curse. So you're with... she, can, she can't travel mm-hmm. outside of the one area without you know, that. So. so that's when you go to, is it, buddy, I'm going to fuck them all up. I think it's Vanaheim. It's the the sort of jungle area. Yeah. yeah. So that we, we went to Svartalfheim mm-hmm. to get tear. Right. And, that's and then the... didn't, didn't we have to do some shit for the dwarves before that's we did Sva- the stuff with that's in Svartalfheim. That's where you like take down the big 
mining rigs. There's another big sea creature that's a side mm-hmm. quest where you free him. And there's... so when did we didn't go to Alfheim after Svartalfheim? Maybe we I did. Th- I'm pretty sure we did because so was long the... I can't remember. That could have been sp- the actual springing of Tear. That's what that was. So, so in Svartalfheim, I think we went and got like some sort of we found out where he was. Right. There. Right. And then that then we went to Alfheim. Now we're in Vanaheim with Freya trying to break her curse. Yep, and you meet her brother Freyr. A good character. Now this okay. He suffered a bit, I think, from this this should have been a third game kind of I'm, deal. You that's exactly what I was gonna say. Mm-hmm. Freyr and his whole crew are great. They're great. Yeah, we for, didn't the, get enough of them. And the reason we didn't get enough of them is because they tried to cram this story into one game instead of making it a trilogy. They did two mm-hmm. instead of three. A third game would have allowed you to get to know Freyer a lot better, his homies a lot better, all of that. And the game suffers, I do think, from a storytelling standpoint for that reason. And I places. agree, man. And, and and especially like in his crew, right? One thing we didn't talk about was when we're trying to free Tyr you're basically returning to the site from the first game where the elves were at war mm-hmm. and you had kind of basically thrown your lot in with the light elves, mm-hmm. but then you come back and find out, oops, that was probably the wrong thing to do. So, which I kind of liked. Mm-hmm. And then you fought, you meet Freyr's group and he's got a light elf and a dark elf in his party who have kind of somehow come together together. And mm-hmm. they also are like boyfriend, girlfriend now too. They're, mm-hmm. they're hooked up, which I liked. But I would have loved to see those characters explored more, you know. And... Every single one of them. The guy with the giant sword who mm-hmm. falls off of the boat. By yeah. the way, we didn't get to use that cool ass spectral boat nearly enough. I after know. He gave it That's to what us. I'm like saying. this is man. Like okay. <laughs> so I thought that shit was cool. I thought fighting Needhog or Needthog or whatever the fuck. You... Oh, okay. So Needhog. Yeah. Do you remember in the lead up to this game when we were talking about it on an episode? You were like. You know, one of the most common complaints I've read about the first God of War, not enough boss fights. Well, fuck me. They, that ain't a problem in this. I knew they were going to bring that mm-hmm. uh, out in this one. Not this fight, but that they would have, well, a lot more boss fights. And this was a cool one, I thought. Took me a couple of tries. To I thought most of the big boss fights were awesome, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I got to give a shout out to my, squir- my squirrel buddy. That shows up. What's his name? You can pronounce and I can't. Ratatosker. Ratatosker yeah. is awesome. The minute he showed up, I was like, hot damn, we got him. Right? So, like, Sindri and Brock live in Yggdrasil, which is like mm-hmm. the world tree. Mm-hmm. And Ratatosker is kind of like the custodian of the mm-hmm. world tree. He's like a little squirrel character. And as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, Haas is going to love this guy. Yeah, and he's got, like, spectral versions of him that represent different emotions. So there's, like, bitter squirrel and Mm -hmm. anxious squirrel. I'm anxious squirrel, for the record. (laughs) Um, And then the next section is Atreus going to Jotunheim. Now, this is a section that there's a lot of cool, but is way too long. Way too long. Yeah, I there was a, and you're right. It was cool. There's lots of important exposition happening mm-hmm. in this scene that mm-hmm. that needs to happen. That's important for Atreus to to understand his you find his out role the purpose of those marbles that they're basically holding the souls of right. the giants that they right. hid themselves in these marbles to avoid Odin. You mm-hmm. find more out about Fey. You meet a new character by the name of Angraboda, 
once again, mm -hmm. I like the character. She really endeared herself towards me to me towards the end of the game. Mm -hmm. She had a rough rough start, start and yeah, we could like... have spent a lot more time with her with an extra game in this yeah. in this run, you know. Yeah, something feels weird with that character, and it's because she seems so angry at first mm -hmm. um, with everything Atreus does, and, and it, it goes away and just doesn't come back. Like, she just kind of becomes, like, more of, oh, hey, I'm here every now and again. There's and, not and enough Atreus development loves her or whatever. that character. That's what I'm saying. There's something weird that I felt like they mm -hmm. intended with her that was from missing. that first scene that they didn't follow through on, unless mm -hmm. there's, you know, we'll get to something later, but yeah. we'll see. Um, anyway, that's that sequence kind of was was my least favorite in the game. It went on way too long. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. We can move on to whatever happened next, unless there was some more stuff you wanted to talk no, about. No, I like so you show up and Angry Boda's like, "Hey, I need to run some errands to take care of all my animal friends here in Jotunheim," and I was like, "You got it, lady. Let's take care of your animals." Six errands later, I was like, "Come on, <laughs> you know." Come I on, to explore that swamp like it was uh, Dark Souls or something, you know. And I did like the boss fight that ends that, where you fight yes, against her grandmother, very, the giant. That was, that really was cool. cool. I loved that part. Yeah, yeah very cool. Um, and then, basically, the story at some point becomes um, Atreus decides he's going to kind of try to like infiltrate Asgard to figure out Odin's plan, double agent, double agent style. That stuff is fascinating. Um, you meet Thrude, which is um, Thor's daughter, Thor and Lady Sif's daughter. You meet Lady Sif. Ooh, woo. You meet that fucking Midgardian kid. I can't even yeah. remember his name. Get out of here. He like the uh, Oliver Twist kid or whatever. Yeah, no, uh, thank you. He didn't get, yeah, he, he seemed to get like, it felt like the bad big budget movie where mm -hmm. it was like the commoner who who like barely makes it through at the end or gets yeah. injured kind of deal. Yeah. But but yeah, um the scene where Atreus climbs that huge wall oh, was really vertigo. awesome. And I need I need to shout that out. You know, I there have been two games that have made my palms sweat now because of that. And uh The Last of Us Two did it with the sky bridge and this game managed to do it with this climb. Holy mm -hmm. cow. It was the long climb. I loved how he was getting like tired mm -hmm. at the end of it. And then you meet Heimdall's bitch ass. Who, oh like... dude, fucking Heimdall. <laughs> Buddy, I know you felt like the, the night I fought him in discord. And I don't think I was streaming that I was being over the top. That's how much I hated that character. Yeah. I don't know that I've had that level of satisfaction from beating the doo-doo out of a character <laughs> that I did from beating Heimdall. Yeah, I he was meant to be like the prick of the game and he 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 was the prick of the game. I did to Heimdall what I want to do to We'll keep it at that. <laughs> I beat his ass on the first try. Me too. Heimdall, I was not way. letting that dude beat me, bro. I he didn't I didn't break a sweat. I had something for him every turn of the way. <laughs> I hate Heimdall in this game. I was ready for him at that. When you fight him, you have the new weapon, which is a spear. Mm -hmm. The Drottnir spear. I was ready at when it started. I was. It has a mechanic where you can throw it at him and explode it. You mm -hmm. know. I was like, that's what you got to do against this guy. And right sure away, enough. like boom, you'll just punch him right. Bro, and he's ass. he's the kind of guy who. He's been in the story a few times before you fight him. Like he whips a Treas. Treas can't even touch him. Mm -hmm. Right. 
nobody can touch him. But when Kratos fights him at some point, you get him at, with the spear and you get in his face and you connect with like a solid punch. And yep. it is a great moment. And like, they, he's he, like, what he rocks the him. Fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's a it's a the Russians cut moment. And uh, it's really awesome. Um, and so it turns out like <clears throat> what Odin is looking for is a mask, right? Mm -hmm. And he feels like this mask will allow him to look into this tear into space time that will give him basically the answer to stopping Ragnarok, stopping Ragnarok and what happens after you die. Like it'll answer like every question. Essentially, he'll have infinite knowledge. He's obsessed with what comes next. Right. So sort of Atreus's mission while he's in. Asgard is that he's going and he's doing finding these mask pieces mm. and eventually you go to Niflheim right Muspelheim the well, fire go, one yeah you go to Muspelheim or whatever the fuck but eventually <laughs> you go to Niflheim with Throod to look for the final mask mask piece oh no that's not oh maybe it is Niflheim that's right it is yeah. Niflheim yeah Sorry, I was thinking there's that other part of Niflheim you can go to with the with the crows when you've Oh no, you know, maybe it's Helheim then that you It go is to. Helheim. Okay. It is. There okay. we go. Yep, yeah. Helheim. So you go to Helheim and uh it turns out the mask isn't there, but what is there is a giant puppy dog named Garm. <laughs> Garm because big wolf. Big old wolf. Because Atreus is like me. He's like, Oh, why is this guy chained up? We're gonna let him go didn't feel a bit bad letting this dude go and then garm starts freaking out and tearing holes in space time and jumping through realms and stuff yep and atreus gets guilt tripped from everybody from odin to mimir to, to kratos. kratos every <laughs> single person is being like you let garm Tear. go and every Which is time because because it means just odin doing it twice like yep Yep, exactly. <laughs> you bitch. Um, and <laughs> then every time somebody tried to make a, do a guilt trip about letting Garm go, I was like, you're not making me feel bad about this. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, that puppy can do what he wants. And then you go back with Kratos. So it's Atreus and Kratos going to try and fix the Garm issue. And I was like, they are not, not going to let me, make me kill this dog. I am not killing this big puppy. Uh, yeah, and they make you. And dude, and, it's too much. And this is my other problem. Like, it's it's a bit much the way they have you kill this this mm -hmm. animal. Um, I know that the story tries to redeem itself, and it to it su partially succeeds. I think. I for me, they brought it home personally, and this that's is... fair. That's fair. It's a smooth way to bring back the sorrow from the beginning of the game. We'll mm -hmm. get into that, but I just feel like they could have gone about killing Garm a different or doing something differently than breaking his neck and choking him with a, a gigantic chain while he dies right in front of your face. And you know it was like I mean? whimpering and it was too much. Yeah, that was too I was really mad. Me. Like I texted Steve that yeah. I was mad and I was like, I'm I might be done with this game. And maybe yeah. that makes me sound like a wimp or something, but it was too much. It was a, I, a, I'm just not I, down with that. Yeah, I, I I I fucking hate to use the word, but canine violence triggers the fuck out of me, dude. Me too. Like it's it's so. I bad. don't like shit yeah. against animals like that, yeah. right? And then Garm keeps coming back to life, and I'm like, well, good for you, Garm. And eventually, the way you subdue Garm, because earlier in the show or in the show in the the game, Angraboda mentions like, did you know you have a soul in your knife? 
that's mm-hmm. old is Fenrir's knife. So Atreus puts Fenrir's soul in Garm. The whole problem with Garm is he's soulless. Mm-hmm. Now Fenrir's back and he's giant and he's awesome. <laughs> After you put the soul in him and yep. then you go and find him and he's like hiding and when he hears you he gets all excited. Uh, immediate tears. I was yeah immediately affected by it and from that point on giant fin rear is nothing but a good boy that's a good boy right there who's a good boy <laughs> giant fin rear is a good boy right uh, and it was nice to have that happen of mm-hmm. course i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sugarcoat that it was really it was really a nice moment i just wish they hadn't gone so hard you know and so through this whole time uh kratos is like we're not going to war and and Atreus is like, but what if that's what needs to happen? He's like, it's not. It's not what needs to happen. We're not, I'm not letting my son become like me. You've got to be better, right? Mm-hmm. And then the shit goes down in Vanaheim. Um, you know, you fight Heimdall, you kill Heimdall. It's great. Oh, thank God. <laughs> and then so you, you take the Gallarhorn from him. Mm-hmm. And so then you have your big homies meeting at Sindri's house. And they're like, okay, so what we need to do is find the last piece of this mask, and then we're going to fuck Odin up. And Tyr starts talking to him a big game about like, hey, man, I'm sorry I've been a pacifist, but I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to take my spear. I'm going to stand alongside you. And Brock, homie Brock. Was starts- this be- was this before the, the mask was complete, or have we completed the mask at this point? Uh-uh, the mask wasn't complete at this point. No, okay, it okay. is. It is complete. I was going to say, I thought the mask you was done. You just get done getting completing the mask. You go to Sindri's house, and then that's when this happens. That's mm-hmm. right. Um, yeah, and Tyr does. And Brock, Brock smells something weird. Yeah, Brock starts talking shit. He's like, do you, like, why are you such a bitch? Why won't you fight? Now you'll fight? Now? What about when there was holes in reality and fucking evil demons were coming through and shit? And Tyr goes, like, he's walking away from Brock. And he goes, do you ever shut up? And turns around and stabs Brock. And that's when you realize he's Odin. He immediately changes into Odin. And it's this huge holy shit moment. Odin grabs Atreus and is threatening him. And, like, dude, it was, for a reveal in a game, it got me. I didn't sniff anything being up with Tyr other than he just didn't want to fight, right? Right, same. And then uh, Odin gets the mask, but uh, Kratos manages to spear it Mm -hmm. right before, right as um, Odin is teleporting out of there Mm -hmm. in his little raven tornado. Um, So you still have possession of the mask, and then Brock dies. Brock dies. And, and uh, they, at that point, there's a major shift in the character of Sindri. Oh, yeah. He he goes dark Sindri. Which and I think er- is going to be a story beat in whatever comes next in this franchise. Oh, 100%. I think he... Um, well, we ta- Earlier in the story, too, we find out that Brock had died before. Mm-hmm. And that Sindri brought him back, I think, using was it the same lady who made the spear mm-hmm. and brought him back but he was missing one like, piece of his soul piece his, of his soul, soul. soul was like shattered he was able to reassemble all the pieces but one and i think they never call it out completely but i think that's why brock is blue yeah and i think that that's another reason why like 
that whole story I think could have been fleshed out more too. I mm-hmm. feel like that that kind of got. I feel like there was something that was left on the table with right. that too, because they had to cut it into into a second game. But Sindri's character definitely like he's holding Brock in his arms and he's crying, and then he just looks up and he just winks out of existence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's gone. And he blames Atreus for it because yeah, he, it was Atreus's idea to free Tyr. Atreus is who brought Tyr to their house. He blames Atreus 100%. And he's mm-hmm. like, I, I, I've given you guys everything and you took this from me is essentially his view of it, right? Mm-hmm. And so then like Atreus has like a, a really effective sort of like little mental breakdown where he's like, I want to go hunting. So they go back to fucking Midgard. They go hunting after a, a steer and um kratos comes to this like realization he's like no we can't you're running you're running from this we should face it so then it's like batting down the hatches ragnarok is coming baby right (laughs) and i have my biggest complaint about them putting this into two games instead of three comes in the next story element because there's a Mm -hmm. character that gets uh introduced that is so cool and the story is so fascinating but you spend like 10 minutes with his ass, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, the prophecy of Ragnarok is that Surtur and uh, this other giant lady will combine and create Ragnarok, and that's who's going to destroy Asgard. So they go to Muspelheim, whatever the fuck. <laughs> Muspelheim. Muspelheim to find <laughs> Surtur. And when you show up, he has been sitting there for thousands of years just making swords he's like a he's a blacksmith he's trying to make the fire sword that will destroy asgard Mm -hmm. and his design is super fucking rad and weird like he's got a hole in his head that you can see through he's got a giant hole in his chest where his lady's heart is in there she's an ice giant so her frozen heart is in his chest because that when they found out about the prophecy that the two of them will combine and um cause Ragnarok it meant they'd both die so they were like well we can't be together so they traded hearts and weird shit like this I don't know who it is that does his performance but it's really good he's Mm -hmm. got this line where he's talking to Atreus and he goes have you ever been in love it's pretty good (laughs) um and so then there's like it 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 all comes together way too quickly Mm -hmm. more time with a third game you could have explored Surtur more and I think he deserved it because the little bit we got was very fucking cool that's what I'm saying I feel like um people I've seen applauding them for for making this two games instead of three but I feel like there was just so much stuff that I felt was going to lead to something more meaningful than it did in this game. Mm-hmm. Or and it, Surtur... and it, all it took would have taken was a little more time with some of these characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it's not that like, I think what we got was bad. It was that what we got was so good. I wanted we didn't more. get enough of it. I right? feel like the, the stories that were set up didn't pay off. Like, like Brock's missing soul and, mm-hmm. um, you know, anger Boda, I think, as well Mm -hmm. you know we talked about it a bit but so you know then there's the whole thing you combine the blades of chaos with the frozen heart in his chest he becomes ragnarok the final battle starts what'd you think of the big final battle that was great great what's the giant um x-men apocalypse is it apocalypse apocalypse yeah yeah he's kind of like apocalypse but Mm -hmm. he's on your side i guess and dude i gotta say like when they uh, when when that okay so another thing i want to bring up is sigrid 
and Mimir. Oh, Sigrun. Sigrun. Yeah. yeah. You there's this whole side quest about Mimir and Sigrun's relationship. And it was a really good side quest. Like I remember say, saying to you, like, dude, that was a really good side quest. Like the story mm-hmm. of that and what you find out about her and the person she was with previously and her brother and all this shit. Um, and then like the night before the big final battle, everybody's assembled their armies. The Elven army, the Valkyries are there and Sigrind is there and she has this really nice moment with Mimir that's super effective. And then uh, Atreus and um, Kratos have a really nice moment where he's like, hey, do you mind if I stay in your tent? And he asks him to tell the story. Like, so well written, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's lots of good stuff. The last scene with Faye and Kratos, I will never, ever, ever watch again. I'll Mm -hmm. never watch. If I replay this game, I'm going to let that scene play. I'm going to go smoke a cigarette, hit the bong. (laughs) I don't know because it's too much, dude. It's, it's a flashback scene to her choosing those trees that you chopped Mm -hmm. down at the beginning. In the first game. And it's just, it's rough. It's too rough. That was, that was one way that it tied into the first, like that seemed like this was the way they were going to end the Mm -hmm. second game. With something like that, and it, it it was it would have been so effective, I think. You know, like it was it was such a well done and well acted and I almost well thought feel out like scene. You could have stretched um, the tear and Freyer stuff out longer to make that the second game, and then mm-hmm. end with Atreus deciding to become the de- double agent in Asgard, and then the third game could have been Kratos and Freya adventuring, Atreus and Asgard developing some of those Asgardian characters more mm-hmm. developing, you know, Surtur, Freya, Freyer, and um, those characters even more. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have been more effective. Yeah. They the crammed a little, yeah. They crammed a little too much in this one story. I think so. With the, all that said, the final battle is, is pretty awesome. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Odin didn't pose much of a threat. I whipped his ass real quick. Spanked him. Thor gave me more of a problem. Yeah, Thor was a little tougher. Like the scene where Thor falls off the wagon and (laughs) Throod finds him earlier in the game, rough. Really good, though, but like Uh rough. Oh, the scene where um, Atreus finds him in the bar and Mm -hmm. they get in the big bar fight, that was one of my favorite parts. (laughs) That's the best Atreus part in the game where you're playing as Atreus. That's the best one. There um, is there is a fucking shitload of amazing story stuff we haven't talked about. There's just so much there. We can't. Like yeah. that is just this will be a fucking four hour episode. We glossed over the Kratos Freya stuff, and, and I mean some great. of that stuff was great and gave me chills and goosebumps. Yeah, where and they we could, where like they become cool with each other again, and mm-hmm, and she's mm-hmm. like, listen, like I know he had problems, but Balder was my son. Like right, that, yeah. you can't do anything about that. And then he tells her the story Oof. of his first family from the original God of War games. Mm-hmm. So they tie back into the original games really nicely. The, it, there is some chef's kiss, amazing moments in this right. game. Yeah. I don't want people to get hung up on our nitpicks no, too much. No. Like the, the story they tell is really fucking good. It, mm-hmm. We just think, we just think that it could have been more. Yeah, and, you know. there's just certain characters I would have liked to see get a little more love and a little yeah. more development. Yeah. And then so the, the big final battle ends, Ragnarok. Well, Asgard gets destroyed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Freyr uh, sacrifices himself, which was 
kind of effective, but I don't really know the dude, right? Right, like, that's that the problem, more yeah. Effective if we had had more time with him. Exactly, yeah. Again, um, it just it didn't hit like it should have there, I and think. And then, um, you know, you spent, like, Atreus wakes up after the battle, you walk around, you say goodbye to all your friends, you see Kratos, and, and basically Atreus tells him, like, look, there's other giants out there, I have to go find them, and I gotta go find them by myself. And Kratos has this line where his voice cracks, where he says, Oh, yeah. Loki will go. Atreus will stay. Whoa. I just got goosebumps reciting yeah. it. The performance from Christopher Judge just was electric there. Yeah. Like, and, he, and he's so good in so many moments, too, mm -hmm. in this game. I mean, just there's a part where he freaking decides he's being too rough. Well, Freya's chastising him for being too tough on the wolves, and he goes to like apologize yep. to him, pets so him, good. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and, and then like lots of in stuff. the middle of the big final battle, he stops and he's like, "No, we're not going to sacrifice these mid guardians because that's what Odin wants us to do. We're going to be better, and it's just going to be me and you, Atreus. We'll go take care of Odin. We're mm -hmm. not. We're done sacrificing people. Amazing, amazing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, fucking." Atreus sets off on his own little adventure. Kratos sees like another um, prophecy where he seems to be like ruling over the remaining eight realms as like a peaceful leader. You know, I meant to ask you, that's another thing I felt like didn't get followed up on was him dying. Like that was never a thing. Well, so they, uh, to me, they kind of explained it when, um, there at that end when they see that final prophecy that Faye made and mm -hmm. he, they were like, Oh, she hid this from us. So we would forge our own destiny. She knew this all along. That's the slightest way to address it. But I feel like it was kind of addressed, but not in a real satisfying way, you know? No, And I mean, I didn't, and, and I, I felt like they didn't have to kill Kratos. I no, felt like that it neither. could have been a scene where he's like mortally wounded and, it looked like Atreus was calling on the souls of the giants to help, like yeah. from that marble bag or something like that. Mm -hmm. I expected something like that to happen, and it never did. Um, so. Now, I'll say this. Did you do the true ending? No. Okay. I did. Oh, yeah, the, um, um, the like, funeral. Yeah, they, so yeah. after you beat the game and the credits roll, like, you're still Atreus, and they open up a ton, or not Atreus, Kratos, they open up a ton of new quests, and then they're like, oh, by the way, we're having a funeral for uh, for Brock. And I was like, well, I'm going to that before I sign off tonight. Mm -hmm. uh, it was really good, really emotional. I think they're setting up Sindri to be a villain in the future. Very well could be. Oh, that's, like, so when you beat Odin... Don't you pull his soul into yeah, one of the marbles, right? Yep. And and they're looking at it, and they're like, okay, what do we do with it now? And then Sindri just pops in grabs with, his, it. with his blacksmith's hammer and fucking smashes it. Yeah, like, because uh, Kratos gives the, the marble to Freya, and he was like, I promised you I would never take your opportunity for vengeance away from you. So he gives right. her the option, and she's like, no, I'm going to be better. I'm not going to be like him. And then Sindri just poop, pops in, grabs the marble, smashes that motherfucker. Yep. <laughs> He's like, we're G -g 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 Goodbye. <laughs> so, look, man, I think the story's good. The, the Faye stuff the Faye stuff and the Fenrir stuff will have a lasting effect on me in yeah. video games. The stuff the between Kratos and Atreus is really good. Kratos, Freya. I just yep. wish it would been had been two more games so they could have 
you know, like we said over and over, develop some of these characters a little more. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, that's all. That's my that's that's the main story nitpick for me. And I mean, I would say I'd give this game what you you think you liked it better than me. What would you give it? Um, eight point five. Eight point five. Yeah, I'd yeah. give it an eight. I think I liked the first game better. I still I, think I like the first game better, but the first game didn't have any story moments that affected me no, nearly on the level of this. You're you're a hundred percent right. Like I think the story was way better in in the second one. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think I like the first one as a game better. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that's exactly how I feel. Well, but a hell of a game. Listen, guys, why don't you tell us what do you think of Ragnarok? Where do you think they go from here? I've seen people speculating on Mayan. Uh, mythology, um, Egyptian, um, man, if they're just going to, going to do the religion tour, man, that'd be funny, but I would love to see Egyptian personally. That's I would always love my to thing. see the next one go real off the what rails and his Kratos versus Scientology. And he's like beating the news <laughs> ass. Don't make it a trilogy, make it one game. And there's two Tom bosses, Cruise. Tom Cruise <laughs> and Xenu. I'm in. All right. All right, guys, listen. Send us emails, highpotionpod at gmail.com. Follow Steve on Twitter at Stoned Cobra. Follow me at High Potion Pod. That's the podcast. You can follow me at Blue Harvest Pod. Um, leave us a review on iTunes. And uh, hey, thanks for listening for the year of 2022. This is our last episode of this year. We'll see you next year for some gaming resolutions. Fuck yeah. Bye. See ya. Hey!